What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Welcome back. Today on the program, we have a very special guest for you. Alexis Walsh is a New York-based artist with one foot in tradition and the other in innovation. By day, she's an associate designer with Ralph Lauren, while by night, she's the founder of her namesake brand, Alexis Walsh. Her mesh two-pieces and 3D-printed designs have caught the attention of Lady Gaga herself. Here to tell us more about her hybrid approach to fabrication is Alexis Walsh. So, Alexis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So give us a high-level sketch of who you are and what you're currently doing in the world of fashion technology. So I'm a fashion designer working with 3D printing. During the day, I actually work as a designer at Ralph Lauren. And at night, I kind of work on my own 3D printed fashion technology brand that I'm beginning to launch. I'm in the middle of working on a new collection with one of my collaborators, Justin Hattendorf, and very excited to continue making products. And so as I understand it, your job at Ralph Lauren is fairly new. Can we assume that Ralph Lauren is working on a 3D printed collection since they hired you? What can you tell us about your work there? Actually, strictly fashion design based. It's working on their men's design team as a technical everwear designer. So really hands-on traditional fashion design work. And what I love about this is that it kind of separates my professional work from my own personal work for my 3D printed brand. So I really like having the duality of getting to focus on a more traditional fashion design career while also experimenting more with the burgeoning field of fashion tech. And that's really where my passion lies. So it's great to be able to do both at the same time. Yeah. And so you're based in New York. I want to talk about your 3D printed fashion brand as well. But you mentioned working in menswear on their technical outerwear. So are they, as I understand it, Ralph Lauren has always tried to make like wrinkle proof, easy to wear kind of garments. Is there anything in particular that you're working on that you can share with us there? Something really great about their performance team is that there's always a desire to kind of move in the edge of Cutting edge fabrics, there are a lot of things that are water repellent, waterproof, downproof, wrinkle proof. And I've only been there for a short period of time, so I'm just kind of learning all the ropes. But I can see that there's a really strong desire to have the absolute highest technology in what their performance fabrics offer. And I'm learning so much. It's really a cool experience to be able to be so immersed in all of this. Yeah, it must be very cool to be right inside such a large brand like Ralph Lauren. And, you know, I really do think that consumers are demanding more of their fabrics, demanding more of their outerwear and apparel. So it's it's really smart, I think, that Ralph Lauren is innovating from a technical fabrication standpoint because I just want wearability for my clothes. You know, I want to be able to live my busy life and not have wrinkled pants at the end of the day. Right, right. That's the dream. It is. So in addition to lending your expertise to Ralph Lauren, you also have your own namesake brand, Alexis Walsh, that's focused on 3D printed fashion. So I'd love to know, and I'm sure our listeners are interested to know as well, what type of materials and tools are you working with? I primarily work with SLX nylon. That's probably my, I would say that's my favorite 3D printed material. I've also done a lot of work with FDM prints from a MakerBot or an Ultimaker. Where as far as fabric goes, I love things that are really 
flowing and had a lot of movement like silk or jerseys or meshes. Also things that are much more rigid and have a lot of structure, including leather or stiff canvases and denims. In my work, I think that the duality and juxtaposition of materials is very important. So I love to have the structure of the 3D print inform the shape of the rest of the garment. For example, in one of my collections, Lysis, I used shapes of the 3D printed forms to act kind of as like a almost like an architectural element that the fabric then hangs off of. So the entire structure is totally informing the shape and the way that the garment itself lays. A more recent work, like Apex Coat, which is a project that I did with Justin Hattendorf that came out really recently, we used the body of a denim coat and then applied a 3D printed stud embellishment on top of it. So I'm really just into exploring the, the different ways that you can combine 3D printing into fashion garments and have it be actually wearable and be kind of like this beautiful piece that you can functionally use as a real garment. Yeah. What I love about your work and viewers who want to check it out can check it out at alexiswalsh.com. We'll put photos up on our website as well. But what I love about it is you're actually experimenting with you know, full on 3D printed garments like the Spire dress, as well as like you mentioned, the Apex coat, which uses 3D printing for embellishments and that added detail. It's very cool. So you mentioned selective laser sintering, SLS. Is that more precise? I'm not somebody who works with 3D printing. So for someone who's not from that area, can you explain to us what's the difference between SLS and like your regular maker bot? Sure. So SLS is more precise. It's also much more eco-efficient. With SLS, you input your 3D design into a system that will actually fire lasers into a vat of nylon powder. And then the lasers harden the powder into the exact design. So it's literally zero waste. Like anything else that's excess just falls back into the vat of powder. So nothing is wasted. And it's precise down to like one of a millimeter. It's really crazy. The designs also, because it's used through lasers and through such a fine grain of powder, you can get curves and arched shapes. Whereas when you're using FDM, which stands for Fused Deposition Manufacturing, that MakerBots or Ultimakers, all of those kind of like desktop printers use, a series of layers that build up on top of themselves. So when you're doing that, you do tend to get lines that are visible, and it's a little more difficult to get a clean shape. So there's some post-production work that I always sand my work or I'll take a file and file it down. So for that reason, I would say SLS is a little bit easier because you can just get a more precise edge on things. And I didn't know that it was zero waste. I just attended a talk in Estonia as I was telling you I was traveling to Estonia. And one of the presentations was by Tara St. James, who's from New York as well. And she was talking about waste and zero waste projects and how this could be the future of fashion manufacturing. So you're telling me with select laser sintering, it's no waste because you essentially don't have any extra material. Exactly. And it's so funny because... I think that's an aspect of 3D printing that really gets overlooked. Like, it's not something that people tend to really hear about or know about, but it's really cool. And there are very few areas of fashion that are zero waste. So I think that with this capability, it's definitely something that could be explored. And there's also a movement now of people producing recyclable or biodegradable 
3D printing filament. So that also for the more standard desktop printers, you can use filament that can then be recycled so that you're not actually discarding any of it after the fact. Yeah, we just did a blog post on Electric Runway about this sunglasses company called WY Yerma. It's up on Electric Runway, and it's basically a sunglasses company that uses this filament that's made entirely from recycled materials. So you could get a brand new pair of sunnies, and it was entirely printed with stuff <laughs> that has been used before or had a different life. So it's very interesting. I think that you're right that the sustainability aspect gets overlooked when we talk about 3D printed in fashion. I think that's because it's still such early days for the industry. What do you think? Right. I agree too. I think especially since the, the 3D printing like boom, if you will, has happened so recently in the past like several years that there's just not enough research into all the capabilities. So I think that in general, when you think of 3D printing, like it's plastic, it's some form of plastic. So you would assume that it's pretty wasteful. So Alexis, as I understand it, you've actually worked with a designer who I'm aware of called Francis Batanti. A lot of people know of his famous 3D printed dress that he did for Dita Von Teese. But you worked with him on a project called Bristle. What did you learn working alongside him? And who do you cite as influences or inspiration in the 3D printed space? Working with Francis was an absolute pleasure. I actually know him really well because, so Bristol Dress was part of a collaborative workshop class that he was teaching. And throughout the class, you learned a variety of different 3D modeling programs. And then at the conclusion of the class, everyone collaboratively designed certain aspects of this one dress that became known as the Bristol Dress. And then it was assembled and printed into a, a real physical garment. So after the conclusion of the class, Francis asked me to intern for him, and I worked as his intern to physically assemble the dress by hand. And then after, after that, he actually went on to teach at Parsons and was my thesis professor. And then I worked for him afterwards as a studio manager for his studio. So really because of that project, we developed a really great working relationship. And I think I've learned a lot of different software techniques and a lot of developing tools. I was able to use Python for the first time in his class, which is a coding software, and this 3D modeling tool called Maya, which was super helpful, and I use it all the time in my personal work now. And probably got to see a very different aspect of the industry. I mean, with, with Ralph Lauren, you're working with such a large company, which is great experience, but as I understand it, Francis Patanti Studios is more of a boutique organization. So you got to see how a boutique business operates. Exactly. And that was really great to be a part of. I think that's the direction that I would want my personal work to transform into. I eventually would love to have my own design studio where I'm just working full time, one of a kind, pretty printed fashion pieces. So getting to work under Francis and see how his studio operates was really beneficial in that way. Yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, your your work is so beautiful. So when we think about 3D printed fashion, a lot of people talk about, you know, Iris Van Herpen. Do you see her as, as an influence? We've talked about Danette Peleg as well, who's also doing 3D printed commercial jackets. Who do you look to for inspiration in the space? I absolutely love Iris Van Herpen. I would say she is probably my largest influence. 
I just think the way that she combines handcraft and 3D printing is so breathtaking. Appreciate that she isn't confined to 3D printing as the only form of technology technology that she uses. Like she also uses laser cutting and like glass blowing and like tiny manufacturing details. And there are just so many complex types of tech that she works into her pieces, always in collaboration with the the handcrafting aspect, how versatile she is. And I think that it's really good inspiration for young designers to see that, you know, there's such a wide, a wide array of techniques and tools that you can use and kind of everything is at your fingertips. Yeah. Her work is absolutely stunning. You know, so one of the things that an emerging designer has to do is seek out celebrities or influencers to wear their product to get their name out there. But as I understand it, Lady Gaga actually reached out to you to wear your work. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. This is one of my favorite memories, and I still cannot really believe that it happens sometimes. (laughs) Her stylist emailed me and sent me a list of photos from my website. Like, we've shown Lady Gaga your website, and here's a list of things that she likes. Can you send us all of these? <laughs> so I literally, the next day, I just gathered everything and dropped it off the stylist studio. And then it turns out that she wound up wearing a completely hand-sewn mesh set that I had made. And I saw it on Instagram for the first time and literally, like, screamed because I could not believe it. She posted so many photos of herself wearing it. And then the day that she wore it was also the day that she had announced her engagement. So she was caught in so many paparazzi photos and it was just like really mind-blowing to see the celebrity that I love wearing something that I sewed by hand out in public. It was so crazy. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to, my next question was going to be, are you a Lady Gaga fan? Because I know that I am. She's absolutely my favorite. So, oh, I love her. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, as someone who is really a pioneer of fashion and who's a tastemaker in so many ways when it comes to not only her everyday clothing, but her performance wear as well, that must have just been such a fantastic moment. It was really, really incredible. I think I actually cried. I probably cried. I would have cried. I would have totally cried. That's great. So in your opinion, you know, 3D printing is in this kind of weird place right now. We know that it's the future. We know that one day we may be printing our clothing at home, but what's really needed in your opinion to take everything to the next step from costumes and couture to commercially viable products for consumers? I would say that I think the the number one aspect that needs to be explored further is material. As of right now, there are there are a ton of different things that could be 3D printed, like you've got plastic, metal, elasticized plastic, wax, even wood. There are some filaments that have wood and you can kind of like work with them as if you were working with like a regular piece of lumber. But unfortunately, it seems like there are not quite there's not quite the right type of materiality to have it work as skin layer of fabric. Next to skin is a term that is used to describe a fabric that's comfortable and wearable enough that you could have it like close to your body for a prolonged period of time. Especially in athletic wear, that's something that you, that's used to describe like a pair of leggings or like a sports bra. So something that you're really just like wearing and it can withstand sweat, motion, etc. And I think that there needs to be further development into the types of 
textile capabilities that 3D printed material can make. Yeah, because I remember I was following a company out in Silicon Valley called Electroloom. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they were trying to make 3D printed fabric that was soft enough and they got it there, but the fabric would fall apart in a couple of days. So it didn't have the kind of durability that, you know, your regular cotton would have. So I think in addition to being comfortable and wearable, it's got to be able to withstand the test of time as well. And you're, I think you're absolutely right. Isn't It's not just there yet. Do you think that it'll get there? Absolutely. I think already we've seen, we've seen so many improvements from when 3D printing first arrived on the scene. And I think it's just a matter of time and further experimentation. But I feel really strongly that it will get there. And I would say for now, it's already wearable in the sense like, a second layer like a jacket or a top that you would maybe wear with something underneath it or jewelry, accessories. So it's already kind of inching in that direction. It just needs a little push further. Right. Like it's like sequin right now. Like you could have a sequin jacket and you'd be very careful with it. <laughs> 3D printed clothing is kind of like that. You're not going to throw it in the washer dryer right away yet, but maybe in the future. So do you think in the future we're going to be 3D printing our own clothing at home? I'm very excited for that. I, I'm not sure if that would be something that would be totally mainstream. Like, I couldn't see, like, my grandmother 3D printing clothing. But I would say I think it will definitely be something that is more commercially available. Especially, like, our generation will be really into it. It might freak out some older people. Like, I think my parents would be terrified at the idea of 3D printing their clothing. But I think for the slightly more technologically forward generations and we would embrace it. Yeah. And how do you think that's going to change intellectual property? Because you're a designer, you're making different designs. Your hope is one day you're going to have a studio where you can create these beautiful pieces for clients. But what if I wanted to have a version that I bought that was just a set of data that I downloaded and printed at home and I took on the costs of the actual materials and the printers, but it was like the Alexis Walsh design and I'm just downloading it. Do you see a future where that's possible? Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. There's definitely a website where you can pay to download the digital file and then like print it on your own from like a desktop computer. Where do you look to for inspiration or for news and information on the future of 3D printed fashion? Is there like a go-to website for you? Aside from Electric Runway, of course. <laughs> I do really love Electric Runway and I read you guys very regularly and I love your podcasts, everything. I'm also really into even websites that are more just like regular fashion based like Refinery29 or Vogue. It really seems like these websites have been taking a step to include more fashion tech related work and i'm really excited that it's becoming something that's a little bit more like mainstream yeah in regards to or at least part of the mainstream conversation to know that you can have 3d printed accessories or even garments i think that it's it is very cool that you see the mainstream publications covering it so alexis before i let you go i just want to ask you as someone working at the intersection of fashion and technology, what do you think fashion can learn from technology? I think that the fashion design industry is a little conservative when it comes to embracing new ideas. A lot of design companies that have been around for a while 
are so set in their ways that they actually only design by hand. They hardly ever use anything digital. Like all the sketches are done by hand, tech facts are done by hand. So there seems to be a little bit of a resistance to change. And there are definitely some smaller companies or more forward-thinking companies that are starting to embrace this technology more. But it seems like, in general, fashion could be a little bit more open-minded. And I think that's definitely something that everyone could learn from the technology industry. It's always looking forward to the newest technology that's available or efficiency or products that could make you know, designing easier, production easier. Yeah, when I think of technology, I definitely think of efficiencies. So I know that there's a lot on the back end of fashion that, you know, technology could definitely help innovate in that sense. And so what do you think tech can learn from fashion? I'll turn the question on its head. So in fashion design, the previous companies that I've worked at and designers that I've worked with have always really taken the time to perfect the craft and all of the intricate details that go into making a fashion piece really beautiful and finalized. And I think that what tech can learn from fashion is to slow down and really focus on, you know, finalizing all the little details. Yeah, the craft of it, right? Exactly. Sometimes efficiency is not always best. Right. As much as we are looking to technology to make our lives more efficient, fashion, I think, brings that element of design that is so needed when you're considering for the human body, right? Which is a very, you know, a very real consideration that sometimes these tech companies doesn't think about. So final question, Alexis, I just want to know how can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're up to? You can follow me on Instagram at AlexisWalshNYC or my Facebook page, Alexis Walsh NYC, and my website, AlexisWalsh.com. Great. Well, we look forward to staying in touch with you and your work. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for making your beautiful designs and putting them out into the world. We look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Alexis. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. That was my conversation with Alexis Walsh, a New York-based artist with a focus on fabrication. Keep watching out for her work. As always, we'll put up links to our guests' Instagram and web pages so you can connect and follow along. And as always, if you like this episode, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating. For all past and future episodes, please visit electricrunway.com. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. Music from today's episode by Andrew Applepie.